Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. You're listening to the Wes and Walker Show. I was defending Steve Clifford. <laughs> Steve Clifford, I think he did a great job. You sound just like that guy. It's Wes. He's going to uh, ask you to come and do press conferences for him just behind a black curtain so he doesn't have to do it. And Walker. I like Clifford, the, the big red dog. It was my favorite childhood <laughs> book, Getting in Shenanigans. Uh, <laughs> I like dogs in general. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNC. That was, is a good book. One o'clock hour on Weston Walker. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We appreciate you hopping on here with us. We'll continue team week. Clemson team week. That's right. Talking about the offense, the defense, even special teams every once in a while in there. Recent history, all that good stuff. And Thursdays are the day we bring on somebody more knowledgeable about that team to speak about that team than us. Mark Ryan joins us from the Fan Upstate. You can find him on Twitter at Mark Ryan on air talking about some Clemson football. Joins us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Mark, thanks so much for the time, man. How are you? It's fantastic to be with you guys, man. We are raring to go. And let me tell you, some pressure on Dabo Sweeney this year. Man, he's got a good radio voice. Well, yeah, he's a professional, right? You don't you don't put your Twitter handle blank on air for nothing. This is, So Mark Ryan on air is going to be the radio professional that he is. And he's already going to a quintessential radio question, bringing up pressure, steering the conversation. That's how you know he's just a fantastic driver. I'll go there. I'll go where you're steering me, Mark. Mark, we've had the pressure conversation quite a bit. We've talked about both coordinators in Wes Goodwin and Garrett Riley. You bring it up on Dabo Sweeney. We can also look at quarterback Cade Klubnick because we haven't had good, really good quarterback play with Clemson since the generational kid and Trevor Lawrence. Out of all those figures I just mentioned, who do you think has the most pressure to perform this year? You know, look, guys, I, I think Cade is under a significant amount of pressure. You know, th- th- there's a very clear medal stand uh, in terms of Clemson quarterbacks. You got Deshaun Watson as the gold medal winner, Trevor Lawrence as the silver, Taj Boyd as the bronze. In order for Clemson to achieve best is the standard, which is Davo Sweeney's mantra, Cade has got to get onto that medal stand. And as you know, they weren't close to that the last couple of years with the mess of a situation known as DJ Uyangalale at that position. Mark, what is your confidence level in Cade Klubnik putting it together this year and getting to that medal you know, stand? It's, it's, it's high because of the belief in Garrett Riley, right? And the, the belief in what Garrett Riley can do with him in that system. We were doing some statistical projections on the show yesterday, guys. And, um, you know, I think Cade Klubnik is, you know, I, I put out there about a 63% completion percentage 32 touchdowns, 11 picks, a quarterback rating of about 141. Now that would be in between where they were with DJ and where they were with Deshaun and Trevor. And for year one, Cade Klubnick is a full-time starter. That wouldn't be half bad. I would just say it can't be all on him right from the get-go in year one. He also has a penchant for making the, the errant throw or the bad decision, and he's got to get through that this year. In terms of raw ability, in terms of raw talent, he's got significantly more of that than some starters in the NFL today. 
Mark Ryan joins us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. You can follow him on Twitter or X at Mark Ryan on air. Mark is spelled with a C. And so, Mark, continuing on talking about this offense and Garrett Riley, we know that he's one of the top paid assistants in college football, and you can add your voice to this debate for us. But how much pressure is he under this season when talking about his reputation coming over from TCU, having an explosive offense that is very aggressive in attacks. How much pressure is he under to get this offense back to the levels they once were, where they were around 40 points or over 40 points per game? Well, first of all, Wes, I thank you for mentioning that my name is spelled with a C, even though marks with a C have 37% less testosterone than marks with a K. Wow. <laughs> I've somehow, survived. I've Sorry somehow survived up until that point, but Garrett Riley. Uh, look, uh, he he was brought here under the cl- cover of darkness, right? They weren't going to make a change from Brandon Streeter last year unless Garrett Riley said yes. In other words, get, you know, in other words, Brandon Streeter never knew that Clemson was cheating on him with somebody else, oh. and unless he committed, Streeter would still be here. They got the one guy that they would have made a change for, and now he's here. And of course, the brother of Lincoln Riley. And we all saw what he did with TCU last year. I don't know if there was a program in college football, gentlemen, that got more out of less than TCU did. They made it to the national championship game with a four-year average recruiting ranking of 48. Now think about that for a minute. That, that, that largely opens the door for everybody, and Garrett Riley was a huge part of that. Now what he's going to do is he's going to spread the field. Uh, he is going to use the middle of the field which is something Brandon Streeter did not do last year. Look for a massive season from Jake Brinningstool. And look for these this much maligned wide receiving core to really get on track and potentially for Clemson to have its first 1,000-yard receiver in three years. Mark, it's great that you brought up the receiving core because I feel like Antonio Williams, in my opinion, is more of a two than a one, even though I do like him. Bo Collins has flashed, but he can't stay healthy. We'll see what Adam Randall and some of the others bring to the table. But which group do you trust more to be more of an integral part of this offense? Is it this receiving core and them stepping up, or is it the run game that they have with Will Shipley and Phil Maffa? Yeah, they've got the thunder and lightning combo there, Wes, indeed, between those two. And I think when you've got a young quarterback and a new offense, what do you lean on? You lean on what makes you comfortable, right? And that is going to be the running game. Now, uh, I do expect it to be balanced. I expect as the season to go along for you to see more explosive plays in the passing game, more downfield passing. But especially first part of the year, new system, you're going to lean on Will Shipley and Phil Maffa. For my money, guys, in terms of running back tandem, the number one tandem in America. Mark Ryan joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, continuing Clemson Team Week. And, Mark, you brought up Jake Brenningstool, a guy that could have a big year. What are some other names that people aren't talking enough about? Yeah, I'll tell you what. Uh, Adam Randall is certainly one of them on, on that side of the ball. And I'll tell you, they're really excited about a freshman, Noble Johnson, who has turned some heads with his speed here early early in camp. Look, you got Bo Collins, Antonio Williams, Adam Randall. Wes, I heard you mention you know, Antonio Williams could be more of a two They'd like to use him in a Percy Harvin type of role, right? Um, so, you know, a Debo Samuel, Percy Harvin type of role. That type of role typically doesn't produce 1,000 yards receiving, but it might get you three or 400 yards rushing as well. 
So again, it's, it's who is going to be the number one wide receiver. And I think that position, guys, is very, very much open, you know. But they, they really like some of the young freshman wide receivers on that team. Uh, and Noble Johnson is a guy that has turned serious heads here in camp. Mark, and then when we turn over to the defensive side of the ball, when you look at the stats last year, Miles Murphy led the Clemson edge guys with six and a half sacks. And this is a group that we know has a rich defensive line tradition, but the pass rushers haven't been as dominant as some in recent uh, memory. And so when you look at guys like a Justin Mascall or Xavier Thomas, who still has yet to uh, cash in on the potential that many thought he had when he was a freshman, how important is this front four going to be? Because the back seven looks great, but do you feel like they're missing something on those edges, especially at the uh, the defensive ends? That They could, but it's going to depend, West on exactly how healthy Xavier Thomas can stay. As you guys know, he is now a sixth-year senior, and he's a guy that, that came in with all of the fanfare. And it's not that he's been a disappointment. The disappointment is that he can't stay healthy, right? I always say the best ability is availability, and you can't make the club in the tub. Xavier Thomas has got to stay healthy this year because you're right. In terms of that back seven, six of those seven guys are returning starters. The linebacking core featuring Jeremiah Trotter Jr., Barrett Carter, number one in America right now. So how much pressure can that front four create? Tyler Davis, Xavier Thomas. Xavier Thomas's health, to me, gentlemen, might be the key to the entire season. Mark, how does this team compare to the last couple of years? And actually, even just some more of their successful squads, when we see them getting to the college football playoff, because we can see them getting to the ACC championship game, winning the entire thing, but still not getting to the playoff last year. Is this a team that compares closely to some of those other playoff berth squads? Well, Walker, I, I will I will tell you this. There is a real interesting dividing line. I'm a big guy in life in terms of seeing shades of gray, right? There is no, There are no shades of gray with Clemson this year. Either they make the college football playoff or the season was a failure. Just winning the ACC, a conference I affectionately refer to as uh, the all-cupcakes conference, is not going to be good enough, right? It's not going to be good enough. They're going to have to get back to the college football playoff this year. I am not a huge believer in Florida State. They went 5-3 and three in the ACC last year. I think they're the most overrated team in America. And I think Clemson is far and away the best team um, in this league, right? So I, I believe they have what it takes at quarterback in terms of talent, in terms of offensive coordinator, in terms of inventiveness. The big concern here with Clemson is, is Dabo an old-school coach in a new-school era? And is he willing to adapt his ways to win at the highest level in the modern era. Let's be honest, guys. Name, image, and likeness does not benefit a tiny market in a tiny town like Clemson the way it does a Miami. So if you're not going to open the coffers and essentially pay for players, is Dabo willing to use the transfer portal? As you guys know, he's been very reticent to do that. So that is the concern that Clemson fans have right now, that potentially Dabo might rather leave then adapt to the current way of doing things to win at the highest level in college football. You're listening to Mark Ryan from The Fan Upstate. You can follow him on Twitter at Mark Ryan on air. That's Mark with a C. And, Mark, 
When you talk about Will Shipley, he had 1,748 total yards last season, rushed for 15 touchdowns. Do you feel like that he's getting enough credit, and how great can this Garrett Riley offense be for him? Does he have a chance to perhaps show up in New York? I I think he absolutely does. And the challenge for Will Shipley, guys, is he's got to go from good to great this year. right? He's been good. He's been very good. He has not been great. He is, we have not had that wow moment with Will Shipley yet that we heard about coming out of coming out of high school. So what do you do? You insert Garrett Riley. Now what you have is a Christian McCaffrey type back who's going to be utilized in the passing game more as well, not just between the tackles. I think what's going to floor you guys when the season begins is are all the different ways Will Shipley is used, from screens to flat passes to fly patterns, right, to the passing game to different uses in the running game, to sweeps. Garrett Riley's going to stop at nothing to get the ball in his hands, remembering as well the, the pressure that that takes off of Cade Klubnik. Mark, final thing here, a couple of final things, actually, before we uh, end the interview today. I know you're a Florida grad. We've been talking a lot about the Swamp Kings documentary, both on and off the air. What would you think about it? What were some of your main takeaways? You know, guys, I don't, I don't get why Florida fans can't wrap their heads around this, but Urban Meyer is the best coach in Florida Gator history, and it isn't particularly close. And you could look at any highly achieving program and find warts and find flaws and find players that are in trouble, right? Uh, The Georgia Bulldogs, current national champions, they run their life like they're playing the video in Gran Turismo. Okay, so I, 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 I look at that. I remember that area fondly. I feel like, obviously, Tim Tebow was the glue that kept all of that together. And it was one of the most special times in college football history because it's one of the last true mini-dynasties that we had before the landscape of college football changed forever. Mark Ryan joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. That's Mark with a C and 100% the testosterone. You can check him out on the Fan <laughs> Upstate as well. Follow him on Twitter at Mark Ryan on air. We appreciate it, Mark. Thanks for the time, man. Hey, guys. Thanks, Mark. Happy to join you anytime. Have a great one. All All right. right. Sounds good from Mark. Talking a little Swamp Kings documentary, talking some Clemson football. We'll end it there. We can come back, maybe recap some of those comments, and then go to some more Carolina Panthers discussion. How concerned should we be about the DJ Chark injury? We'll continue that convo coming up next. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
Justin Walker, Sports Radio. You're listening to 92.7 WFNZ. I got in trouble during the break, by the way. I got a text from my girlfriend. Mm. First thing that I see on my main screen, do you even know me? Question. (laughs) (laughs) I was on the warpath today. What'd you say, man? When you were talking about her earlier? Yeah. Do you even know me? Question mark. Follow-up text. I have friends texting me asking me about my sudden, quote, moderate likeness for pumpkin spice when I despise all things pumpkin. Ooh. So that's something I didn't know. Yeah. That's something I I'm, don't know how much I'm in trouble. I said, I thought you liked pumpkin stuff, just not pumpkin spice. That's my bad. She said, no, I really don't. Just don't do it again. Mm. Might get in trouble. Well, that's when you go home and smooth it over. That's when you get a chance to be smooth, you know, be play about it. Uh, she's, I mean, I think she got vaccinated for my smoothness. <laughs> it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Oh, my girl get a little mad at me, man. You know, I try to, if I know it's on me, you know, mm-hmm. I try to smooth it over with the charm. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know if that works for me. In fact, <laughs> I, I do know. It doesn't. Fitty, what do you have here? Uh, talking about some pumpkin spice. What do you have for me? Any tips for how I can go home and be okay? No, just uh, just text your, just check your text messages. Yeah. Um, I just sent you a text. There's my address. I've got a spare couch. It's, it's all going to be okay, buddy. This man really sent me his address, too. I want everybody to know that. This is not a play. He really sent me his Everything address. Everything but the zip code. This man, in the last, I think, three weeks, has sent both of us his location and now his address. Oh, y'all still have it, don't you? I don't even know how to check it. I know you sent it to me. Yep, you just go inside there. Yeah. You just click on their name and then you can see it. Because I thought Fiddy was going to say, ask her for her location and accuse her of stuff. I didn't uh, know make what, up stuff to turn the tables on her. Wow. I, I didn't know what he was going to say. <laughs> I had no clue. But do you ever have that happen where you think you know her and then it's actually the exact opposite? Obviously, that just happened to me. I thought she liked some pumpkin stuff. I just thought she didn't like pumpkin spice. It's not a basic thing, but I got it wrong. And it's one of those things where you should know me. If we're close, you should know me better. And I didn't know her in that regard. You're going to hear about this for a few days. It's going to be a while. Yeah, I hope it's not too bad. Fiddy, you had something too? Have you ever I'll had this experience? Some, some comments. Yeah, I mean, I thought she wasn't going to leave for the third time, but she packed up and walked out like she walked right back in. <laughs> She's going to be like, everything Everything for the next few days is, well, if you knew me, you'd know that yeah. I like this. No, that's right. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. All right, I'm in trouble. Just got to own go. it and have fun with it. Okay, fair enough. All right, hold on one second. Own it, have fun with yeah. it. Wes told me to. Go home and say something else to her that you know she doesn't like that she likes. Like, baby, you like uh, this? Like, you know, just mess Wait, that about. seems like I'm, I might as well just. Troll a little a, bit. No, that's I might as well just get a shovel and dig my own grave. <laughs> is that what you're saying? Here's what you need to do. Get a shovel and then hop into the hole that you dig. That's yeah. what you just told me to do. A little trolling brings humor and then you guys can laugh about it. Mm-hmm. What would Gumby do? That's what you should do. Yeah, that was. I like Gumby. So we had our. We were arguing a lot, by I the way, yesterday. Gumby. I hate claymation. Why? You don't claymation like Gumby? Claymation looks nasty. Gumby and Pokey? Yeah, I don't like claymation at all. I used to have a Gumby and Pokey action figure when I was a kid. Gumby used to be a dope. I'm surprised, though, because that. Well, they're you know, my we brothers. About our ga- I was about to say, because. Hand Gumby back in the day was a, a a hairstyle too. Yeah, the Gumby was a hairstyle. Yeah, it was. Bobby Brown had it back oh, in I gotta the day. Look that like up. he had a. It's it's like a sloped box. Mm-hmm. It goes up. It elevates. All right. That's oh, what I they see. Yeah, the Gumby. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I like man. That. I wanted a Gumby, but my mom wasn't having it. All right. So really, why? She just didn't yeah, want you to have any crazy I mean, hairstyle. I mean, she thought the style was maybe a little too urban. 
you know. Um, too urban. <laughs> <laughs> so we've now known that your mom did not let you have an action figure of a cartoon where yeah. kids got killed from overdosing on drugs. On that spin. Uh, I just got, he was smoking that spin. Smoking that spin. Uh, Catfish Gumby wrote in and said, own it. <laughs> yeah, that's what you gotta do. Own it, joke around with it, and uh, you know, we've make a laugh. We've summoned the no, own it as in the nickname Gumby. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Catfish Gumby. It's Gunderson. See, yeah. this is the weird stuff that you do. It doesn't make any sense. Nobody understands the middle names that Fitty. So this is what Fitty does. Just Ooh. give you a peek behind the curtain. This was flound. Deacon Donna gave you some good advice though when you get a chance. Okay, I appreciated Deacon Donna writing mm. in some advice. Okay, so but this is your thing. Flounder piggybacked off of it to give me a middle name Gunderson, I guess. Yeah. But you just give people random middle names. You you look at them, look them up and down, and then you decide you're Eugene, you're Gunderson, you're Leopold. And it doesn't make any sense, but you just decide to give people names based off the way that they look. And so for me, I guess Flounder was playing off of this name and said, Walker Gunderson, that's that's the name for him. Just embrace it. We have Chris Lance McLean. We have Kyle Leopold Bailey, William Eugene Palachik, Travis Eldridge Hancock, and uh, Aaron Solomon. No. Aaron Stallone Shropshire, because now his initials are ASS for ass, which he is. Okay. And now we have, um, we, we haven't given Wes a middle name yet. Mm. Do you, are you Oh, happy? these are made up nicknames. Yeah, these, these are just made up. I was about to say, you're trying to get everybody identity theft on here, giving out full names. <laughs> his social security number, <laughs> right. his blood type. <laughs> what is Wes's middle name? We haven't, we haven't given him one yet. We've been going down the list. Mine is Howard. Mm-hmm. That's what Bone called me. He called me Fitty Howard Marlowe. Mm-hmm. We have, and Flounder needs a middle name, too. All right. So you guys can work out the middle names. I like the Gumby hairstyle. I did not know how much I liked it, but I do. And I feel like we've been trying to figure out a pick a pick'em type of segment, and we've been trying to think of a punishment. And so a pick'em segment, which has been you know very loosely talked about, discussing just picking the ACC college uh-huh. football games going into the weekend, having a Friday segment, keeping tally – of everybody who wins, loses, you get the whole idea. And whoever loses has to do something, right? We did this with Fitty when he had to eat the bad cookout milkshake. And so I wonder if somebody could walk around with a Gumby hairstyle. I don't know, if, you know, I don't know if that's something that I can even do. I mean, every, well, you could do it with your hair a little bit, but uh, everything is making a comeback now. Why not the Gumby hairstyle? Yeah. So maybe, I don't know, you check with your mom. You see if, see you if can, I can get one now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see if you can get a Gumby hairstyle now. I will think of something as well. And then, well, I I don't know, Fiddy. I we'll figure out something for you. Try to. <laughs> I didn't mean. I realized I did not mean to insult you, but I was going that route, and I apologize for that. Seven zero four five seven zero ninety six ten. Yeah, Deacon Donna told me to pick up something like flowers or jewelry, and said, or to pick something up on the way home, and then walk in. Hand it to her. Say, I know you like this. Yeah, jewelry might be a bit over the top. It probably is. Flowers, maybe Mm -hmm. you know, chocolate on the the lower end. Yeah, something like that. Now, I'm. I know she's not a huge fan of chocolate. I feel comfortable enough to go to the air with that take. The food pop- always works good, too, though. Yeah, so we can... You're right. I, maybe I can think of something else. Yeah. Well, just don't try to cook, because I heard you cook steak the other night. In the it didn't room. go well. I, it didn't go well. You got rare reviews. Well, so here's what happened. <laughs> here's what happened. I had not cooked in a long time. Yeah. She cooks all the time, because she loves it. It yeah. is not from me being lazy. I don't want to hear people clown me, okay? I love... It's not, Fitty. Don't you give me that look. It's not. 
she just really enjoys it. Mm-hmm. But I was like, all right, I'll cook this time. You know, I was getting some vegetables, getting some mushrooms. You yeah. know, I got a special way, so I'm cooking a lot of stuff. And then I put the steaks on, but I realized I have the burner at simmer instead of full power. Okay. So I wasn't, well, that was the problem. I you just, were trying to do the reverse sear? Uh, no, I was not reverse sear. I was just putting it straight. They were thin steaks. I was like, all right, I'll, it'll just be real quick. But I had it on simmer. And then so I take them off after I, but I know it wasn't smoking. I was like, man, there's something wrong with this. And and she was like, I, you know, I, she thinks it's fine because she didn't know I had it on the wrong burner. And sure enough, it was a uh, pretty damn rare. It was, it was blue. Yeah. So then I was like, well, and then when you serve it up and then it's you cut into so it, it was blue? the plate is just. Well, just blue steak is rare, yeah, right? That's what people call like rare you steak. Were cutting a cow up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, straight it, from the farm. Yeah, I mean, it. You know, it almost took its hooves and tried to run away from us. It was so alive. Yeah. And so, because some people like their steak like that. Oh, I know, I know. But well, she does not, and I just it wasn't good. It wasn't good. Was she like medium well? No, she likes. Uh, she oh likes, no, I don't want you to say it because you might blow it again. That's true. It's a good point. Thank you for saving myself. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to walk right into it. I want to double you up. Why am I an idiot? That happens sometimes. Yeah. Damn it. Fitty is going to give me another drop. 704-570-9610. Let's talk about the Carolina Panthers. Let's switch gears here. All right. Um, DJ Chark's injury has people worried here, Wes. We have people writing in on the text line. They're worried about DJ Chark. We've seen it a little bit on the timeline. Frank Reich, he talked a little bit more about DJ Chark's injury and said that he's not overreacting. I've been involved in enough games that you have a ding here, a ding there. You know, I don't overreact to, you know, something. First, I got to find out what's the severity of it or if a guy gets something, you know, well, exactly, you know, where are we at on that? So I just don't overreact to those things. It's, It's a next man up mentality. I don't want there to be the next man up, though. I want it to be that man. So when you hear that soundbite, I'm glad that he's not real worried about it. I hope that they would come out and say he's going to miss a significant amount of time if that was the case. And, you know, I guess they just don't know. I think I'm okay, though, because we we saw it from Joe Person after the initial scare, the tone of the message, how it was delivered. I think I'm okay that it won't be long term. All right. So not going to be long term for DJ Chark. But the, the other good news is, too, right, we have a couple of weeks before we actually get to week one. So there are are a couple of things to look at this in a positive way. Still, we know that the depth is not very strong for this Carolina Panthers team. If you do think they have depth, you certainly don't have much high-end talent. And DJ Chark is supposed to be one of your leading receivers this year. So, Wes, it does get pretty problematic. Yes, it is very problematic. You definitely will want to have him back ASAP. There's no question about that because, I mean, he goes down. You're thrusting Jonathan Mingo into that role. Is he ready? Is he ready to be the number two guy coming in? What if he's not? But he could be. Then you talk about some of the other guys. LaVisca's down right now. TMJ is down. So you're talking about really going deep into your depth chart. And these guys that are coming up on this Friday game really have a chance to seize uh, those spots, whether you talk about maybe Wims or Derek Wright or some of these guys. is any Are any of them going to step up and seize those spots? And at the end of the day, these are unproven commodities more than likely not guys that are going to bud into superstars. So you're looking at a very problematic situation with a rookie quarterback and offensive line who are still looking for final answers on how good or bad they're going to be. And so you're talking about you need to be able to get guys open regularly, have those safety nets for Bryce Young to be able to get the ball to, whether it's on a hot read or to be able to find some guys. 
if you don't have the requisite talent that's going to make other teams have to account for that, especially with an offensive line that's looking shaky, it could spell very bad things for this offense. It's why when we had the stock up or down, we had Jonathan Mingo with the stock up. Now, good news is he performed well in preseason game number two. He had the long reception. He showed you the yak. He showed you the physicality and some of the athleticism. That was nice to see. But also part of it is that he's available. And so if he's going to be out there and you don't have DJ Chark, let's go – Maybe not worst case scenario, but bad case scenario, shall we? If you don't have Terrace Marshall Jr. out there because of a back injury and you don't have DJ Chark because he's just not ready to go week one, let's say LaVisca is out of the concussion protocol. I don't know. I'm making all this up, right? I don't know what's going to happen with these guys, but let's say you're missing two of them. Does that spell the difference between a win and a loss to you? Because it's significant. If you have two guys not playing week one, And we know we'd like to see the Carolina Panthers, especially in this division that is going to be up for grabs, not in a good way, because we don't think this division is very strong. If you don't have those two guys, does that spell the difference between a win and a loss, even if it is against Atlanta, where, you know, it's not like too many people are high on them, but they certainly got talent down there as well. Yeah. And I mean, you talk about guys being difference makers for a reason. And it's like how many guys on each of these teams are difference makers and you're going up against Atlanta where we just saw Bijan showing flashes of why he was drafted as high as he was and you're talking about uh, uh, Kyle Pitts and Drake London and all those guys that they've got so yeah they're going to make some plays at home to start the season. There's no question about it. If you don't have guys to be able to counter that with, yeah, it could make a big difference between a win and a loss because who will you rely on at this point? Okay, Hayden Hurst, he's definitely going to be called on to be much more of a participant in the passing game. Miles Sanders will definitely be called on to be much more of a participant in the passing game. So you're going to really have to get – a all hands on deck, not to use the coach in terms I sure didn't want to because I should get tired of hearing next man up. But uh, you're talking about more guys that will be really called on to have significant contributions. And maybe one of the other tight ends may be called in to service as well. Oh, it's because, time. Touchdown, yeah, Tommy. Yeah, it's time. because it's just not, you're just not sure what you're going to be able to get from Mingo at this point as a starting uh, wide receiver. Because let's just say, you know, Atlanta decides to put uh, Terrell on him, and not to say Terrell's a shutdown corner where you won't hear from him, but that's still a pretty season. Oh, he's good. Really good corner to put on him, and then they decide to roll the coverage towards Thielen or different things like that. Like that definitely changes strategy considerably when you're talking about obvious passing downs. We got a text in from Ratherby Golfing. He said, we've got Shy Smith. Why are you guys worrying? And then he gave you a little wink face. Yeah, you'd have to rely on Shy Smith. The good news is he did it last year. He had to play because of the injuries. DJ Moore um, being the top guy. Then Terrace Marshall stepping up. Robbie Anderson no longer on the team. So Shy Smith steps up there. So at least you have some experience with the Shy Smith. I did want to get to another backup NFL conversation real quickly because your San Francisco 49ers are in the news here, Wes. Yes, they are. Sam Darnold wins the backup quarterback job in San Francisco and Trey Lance goes to third string. Mm-hmm. Now we don't even know if he's going to remain with the team. I think there are actually a lot of storylines with this. One, Sam Darnold winning the backup job. Elite. <laughs> <laughs> Edgy Sam Darnold out there in San Francisco making a good impression. Trey Lance, the guy that they traded up for, a guy that allowed Miami to use some of those assets, right, and get a Tyreek Hill, but also a Jalen Waddell 
and even a Bradley Chubb because they had all of these picks because San Francisco wanted Trey Lance so badly to move up and get him at third. Sam Darnold beats him. Mr. Irrelevant beats him and Mr. Irrelevant played well. I like Brock Purdy. I do. I think he played really well. Like him actually a lot better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Yes. And I think he could be the best QB that they've worked with. I also think that's a, for some reason, as much of a genius as a lot of people think Kyle Shanahan is, and I love his play calling as well, man, it is so weird for that guy's inability to evaluate a quarterback because Kyle Shanahan had to have a hand in going up to get Trey Lance, but it's a failure. If, well, look, if they're choosing to give up on him, there's such a small sample size with Trey Lance. I don't know how good he can be. The jury's still out, and here we are a couple of years later, but they haven't liked what they've seen so much that Sam Darnold is someone they're willing to give a chance to more so, and Brock Purdy comes in and plays better. Man, that's a bad trade. Flat-out bad trade. Think about all of those different draft picks that you could use to help you now at different positions. And Trey Lance ain't even going to be on the squad, possibly. What do you make of that situation in San Francisco? Uh, the only reason I'm not chipping about it too hard is because you did end up finding your quarterback of the future. I definitely oh, for sure. believe that Brock Purdy is the guy, and I think that's what it's all about. I think San Francisco, as loaded as that roster is, can get away with not having some first-round picks uh, for a couple of seasons. I mean, it's not an ideal situation, but I think that if any roster can survive not being able to have that, it is them. Uh, But, yeah, there's no question about it that this was a colossal failure on all accounts. And uh, I never wanted Trey Lance from the beginning. And the whole time he was there after I got to watch him in the preseason and also uh, in the little bit of regular season time that he played, I just knew that he wasn't the guy. And I'm never happy for anybody to get hurt. But I was very happy when – when Jimmy G came back into the fold, and so you talk about Sam Darnold, he's been doing really well out there. A lot of positive reports about him since he's been out there. So I think he's a, a good backup if you have to have him in for some uh, small spots, like any backup in the NFL, man. But, yeah, it's definitely an example of how, you know, when you make a big trade with all those assets that could go wrong. Yeah, well, I mean, and it is interesting that – San Francisco, yeah, they lose a lot of draft picks, but now they're doing the whole, you know, QB on rookie contract. Although I don't know what Purdy's contract situation oh, is. Light. Seventh row. Well, I know it's light, but it's also coming up. Like you don't get K. right, but you also don't get control. Yeah. I think he's got like three. I think because of where he got drafted, it's a three-year deal. So that's what I'm saying. So yeah. it'll be it's yeah, it's real light, which means you can. This might be the this is the window. The next two seasons, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, and then you got to pay Brock Purdy if he two continues, Super Bowls and then uh, you know you guys can have it. We'll see. We'll see. Thank you. I would love it. Honestly, I would take that deal. And if I'm a Carolina Panther fan, I'd absolutely take that deal. I don't know if I'd be able to listen to Wes on Wes and Walker as much if they win two Super Bowls in a row, though. That would be tough to hear all the San Fran bragging all the time. Real quickly, let's go to a second Fitty Flash of the day. Fitty. You guys are familiar with Ryan McGee's bottom 10 article. He writes about college football every week, right? Well, there's a preseason bottom 10 and Biff Pogey. No. And the Charlotte three and Niners (laughs) come in eighth on the list. And here's McGee's write up. Mm -hmm. Speaking of head coaches, Charlotte's new boss is Biff Pogey, who smokes cigars, wears cutoff t-shirts like he's walking his dog on, on Myrtle Beach and has a hard knock style reality show coming to ESPN Plus and is a self-made 
rich via success as a hedge fudge hedge fund investor even donating 500,000 of his salary back into the program he's not coach prime time he's coach big time that's it that's that's the write up so whenever biff hears about charlotte being in the bottom 10 and that they're the charlotte 3 and niners mm-hmm. How does the new head football coach of Charlotte respond? Uh, Ryan McGee's on the list. Biff Pogey. No Biff Pogey. <laughs> Ryan is, from the office. Plenty of smoke. Yeah, 100. But Biff Pogey is the creepy guy in Billy Madison crossing names off of the list. But Ryan McGee's name just got added to it. Now Pogey wants to seek him out, grab him by the ankles, and shake him a little bit. Hey, three and nine might even be better than some of the other Conference USA athletic. I should say AAC now. It's going to get a little while to get used to. But now you're talking about the AAC. AAC voters, they didn't have Charlotte winning a game. It felt like dead last, but bottom 10, it's not a good place to be. Let's go, Biff. Let's yeah, go. Come on, Biff. Come on, Biff. I uh, love Ryan McGee, though. That article is always fantastic. Let's take a break and then go to Fire Fizzle. It's the staple. Stemming off of a conversation and an argument that we had yesterday. Yeah, is it going to happen again? To Find out. Weston Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You know what time it is. The staple of Wesson Walker. Fire fizzle. Wes is sick today and the segment is going to be sick. It's going to be nasty. Best point guards of what West defines as his era. Now, oftentimes, we'll take some age jokes and hurl them his way. Define <laughs> what your era is, Wes Bryant. I mean, I started watching hoops like that full games from probably about the time I was eight. So we're talking early 90s up until now. Okay, early 90s is Wes's era until now, 2023. Yeah, I've seen a lot. Lots of basketball. <laughs> over 30 years worth of basketball that's right, that's is right. his era. I'm not even over 30 years old right now. Let's get to it. Chris Paul, your Wake Forest counterpart. But I haven't heard you say a ton of good things about Chris Paul, so this one could go either way. Fellow Demon Deacon, you tell me, fire or fizzle. Well, when you talk about Chris Paul, this is a guy I have a personal relationship with. We stayed in the same dorm. He gave me gear when he was being courted by the shoe companies. He showed me his laptop of him backstage at a Rockefeller Jay-Z concert in college with the chains on, to which I knew I lived a completely different life than what he was living in college. But as far as the NBA accolades, he's 11-time All-NBA selection, 12 All-Stars, seven All-Defensive first-team selections, and he's currently third in the NBA all-time in assists, fourth in steals, and 39th in scoring. We know some of the infamous moments. We remember Julius Hodge. We remember the shimmy in front of Steph's face before he got injured, and then they ended up losing that series 
So when you talk about Chris Paul, also a man that I dapped up when he was getting ready to walk into his press conference to announce that he was going pro, it is straight. Fizzle, CP's always hurt, bad attitude. I just, yeah, man, I've, I've come to, uh, he's grown off of me during the wow. years. Yeah. Keeping it real, yeah. saying you have a real relationship, and then saying he's Fizzle. <laughs> I don't know if he's going to be a fan of the Weston Walker show. I apologize. That's okay. Apologize, point God. You're talking about T- how, are you, how much are you thinking about T-Bone right now and his relationship with Chris Paul? Well, no, he just said that uh, he's Fizzle, so I was telling Wes to watch out. Wink, wink, I, you know. Hmm. Protect the the nether regions is what you're saying? Yeah. Okay, that's a good one. <laughs> We're a cuff. All right, let's move on to the next one. Sorry, Chris Paul. We're 0-1. We got a fizzle. John Stockton, though. John Stockton, is he fire? Man, you talk about John Stockton, a guy who a lot of people love to hate. I know some of the views that he's had over the last few years. I know uh, the, the, the pettiness, the running through the screens and kneeing guys in regions. They didn't want to be needed. All the things that he did out there on the court that people deemed dirty. But he had 11 All-NBA selections. Ten times he was an All-Star. Five times All-Defensive second team selection. He's the NBA's all-time leader in assists and 51st in scoring. A lot of people think his assists and steals records will never be beaten as he finished his career with 15,806 assists, 3,715 more than the second highest player, and 3,265 steals, 581 more than anyone else. But what does Wes Bryant think about John Stockton, member of the Dream Team? He is straight. Fizzle. He played you for the Jazz. Come on, man. Stop it. Hated the Jazz. Man, all right. Two fizzles. Chris Paul, John Stockton. No, thank you. <laughs> I know what Michael Jordan would say for this next one. He's not going to give this one a fire title. But you tell me. Isaiah Thomas. Fire Fizzle, Wes Isaiah Thomas out of the mean streets of Chicago. We know what he represents. He was the ringleader of the bad boy Pistons. He was a baller. We remember the going up the court with the busted ankle as he continued to drop buckets in the NBA Finals. It can't get more grittier than that. What else do we remember? All of the bad boys Pistons, the hard fouls, the dirtiness, the grittiness, the pettiness coming from Zeke. And who could ever forget when the Bulls finally did beat them him walking out on Jordan and Pippen and said no thanks on the handshake. What do I think about Isaiah Zeke Thomas? He is straight fire because I used to do that when I lost games too. I'm walking out and I ain't shaking your hand. Clown show. Yeah, Isaiah Thomas is a big old fizzle for me, man. (laughs) I could not disagree more. I'm here for the pettiness. But it ain't me. This is not my segment. This is Wes Bryant's segment. It would go different if it was mine. Especially for this next one. Y'all know what I'm going with this next one. We're getting to it, folks. Magic Johnson. Wes, I mean, please say the right thing here. Magic Johnson, fire or fizzle? The magic man from Lansing. The passes. The smile. The charisma. The passes. The man that ran L.A. That ran the fast break. Brought the NBA into a new era of basketball. Running and gunning before it was even a thing. We're talking about one Irvin. Magic Johnson. Five NBA championships. Three finals MVPs, three MVPs, nine all-NBA first-team selections, a 12-time All-Star, six all-time in the NBA in assists, more Starbucks 
more movie theaters, more everything. He owns all <laughs> of damn L.A. He even owns As- Gastonia a little bit. And a little bit of Gastonia <laughs> with the Honey Hunters. But when it comes to one Urban Magic Johnson, he is straight. Fire, what else did you think I was going to say? It's the Magic Man. I thought I thought maybe. I thought maybe. But we got fire there. And the last one, we all know where this one is going. Last one, the local kid. Steph Curry himself, Fire Fizzle. Stephen Curry, if you haven't watched the documentary on Apple TV, you need to watch it. The guy that was too small, that wasn't good enough. Nobody knew what he was going to become, and all he did was come into the NBA and be in a conversation for the greatest point guard of all time. Top 10 player, and don't you debate it at all. Mm. Four NBA titles. Finally got the finals MVP that so many people clamored for him to get. Two MVPs. Four All-NBA first-team selections, eight All-Stars. The shot, I mean, what are we talking about here? The shot is the greatest of all time. He changed basketball. He has all the young kids in the gym shooting 35-foot threes. He got two championships without KD when everybody said he couldn't get it done without KD. But guess what? He's from the Queen City. He's from Charlotte, North Carolina. And here, we might not get the national props that we deserve, but we definitely come through and we represent. Show up and show out. You know where this is going. I know where this is going. Steph Curry, Queen City icon, straight fire, just like his jump shot. Cut that music off. Thank you. We can't end it without Fiddy being demanded to cut the music off. That will do it. Fire or fizzle. NBA point guard edition. Tell us what you think. 704-570-9610. We move to the last hour. The Live Wire. We heard from Cam Newton on the Swamp Kings documentary. Find out what he had to say on Wesson Walker. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.